Welcome to the Revolve Recap Weekly Podcast, where we help the members of Revolve Church deepen their connection to God, His family, His mission. My name is David McCumber, and back with me in the studio... Here I am, Bill Lackey. I'm back, guys. He is back. Billy's back, and he's looking for trouble. Or back to school good to have you back billy thanks dave it's good to be back recapping it was nice to have eric with us funny you guy know? eric honda civic eric honda civic eric yeah mm-hmm. every time i saw honda civic this past week i was like eric brader there he is there he is reliable tricked yep. out yep yep he's reliable but he was 15 minutes late to recording oh my gosh so maybe not a Honda. maybe more like a ford taurus yeah but so why why are people listening today? Because I'm back. Really, that's that's the whole thing. They're like, just oh, miss man, listening. I, I, didn't, like, I, I didn't get to hear Billy's sermon. I didn't get to hear him on the podcast. I so I like better stick around. Thirteen days of jokes. I'm about to bring. Um, well, I'm back. We're going to talk about Breton's sermon. Um, I got a lot of comments. I got so many comments. I got have been holding in. You know really? what I mean. You're gonna get comments like, about like, C team, comments about Tevas, we can, Honda Civics. We can critique Breton's sermon. I mean, we can. We could be like, Billy reacts. And then we could listen to the sermon and then you could. Oh, like, yeah. Like those like those YouTube things where it's mm-hmm. like, professional preacher reacts to new guy's sermon. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that'd be pretty cool. Should I wear like scrubs? <laughs> Why would you wear scrubs? I don't know. I feel like those guys are always wearing scrubs. It's like Dr. Billy responds to weird TikToks. I don't know. I don't think that's a thing. No? Huh. All right. So what do we got? What's Oh, we got a special guest, too. Yeah, special guest joining us at the end, all we the are way doing, from Germany. We are doing a multimedia live interview. It's a, it's a hologram. A hologram. <laughs> <laughs> it's like Emperor Palpatine showing up. You know, those days are coming, Billy. And they're here. Really? Holograms? I, there was a, I read an article like two weeks ago about a guy who married his hologram, a hologram in, in Japan. Oh, um, I can't. <laughs> we're not. Nope. We're not even going to talk about that. I'm not giving that any <laughs> breath. All right. No bandwidth for that. They don't call him bandwidth David for nothing. That's not what they call me. <laughs> All right. Question of the day. You ready for it? I'm always ready. Okay. It's a good one. Guys. You've had two weeks to... It's been two weeks, and you want to know why I had two weeks, guys? Because I had COVID, had it, had it bad. The vid got you. The vid got me. Rona came at me like a spider monkey and Billy's smacked got me in the, head. the Rona. So I am officially out of quarantine today. You guys should be happy to know that. So here I am, eleven days since I locked myself in my house, um, and. Uh, so when I had COVID, this time I had COVID, it was like the flu this time around. And so like it was a couple, like probably like four or five days of just not wanting to do anything because I just was tired and fatigued. And I, um, this is my question for you, David. I was too tired to be productive. Like I didn't even want to read a book. Okay. You know what I mean? And, um, I, or like, you know, I wasn't doing work. Like if I was normally at home and I was stuck at home, I'd probably still be working from home, that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. But I would, didn't have the mental bandwidth to do that. And so my question is in your, in David's world, you're stuck at home. You can't be productive. What does David do in an ideal quarantine world when you got no responsibilities? Kids are just laying in bed sick, so you don't have to entertain them. And well, this is just like David. It's like, I mean, it's like you wake like... up and it's like, David, what do you want to do? What do you want to do? You can't go out. So you can't go on the boat or something like that. Well, this sounds like when I had COVID, like last February. Two, it was almost two February. Two February yeah. ago. And but, I just, I just watched TV. I didn't have, I didn't have, I didn't have the bandwidth I wanted to like do stuff. Like I was like, I could catch up on some hobbies. Yeah. I could catch up on some reading, do a couple books, but yeah, you don't, it does kind of stink because you don't feel like doing anything. And even watching TV kind of like, it was like lost its allure. After a day or two, it was like, I don't really feel like watching. That's you know, right. I remember, I think I watched like a couple like Jim Gaffigan stand up things and 
And then I watched some goofy movie that Dave Walker recommended Called about Schindler's List. No, no, <laughs> I mean it was too soon. It was about it was a Mel Gibson movie on the guy who wrote. I like that movie. It, yeah. But it was like that's so not a COVID movie, Dave so Walker. So dark and depressing. No, Dave Walker. That's not a COVID movie. If yeah. you're looking for a Mel Gibson movie to watch when you have COVID, you watch like the movie where he looks like Colonel Sanders. Well, he kind of like Colonel Sanders in that movie, yeah. actually. Yeah. You watch, you watch Payback. No, I, Payback I, by Mel Gibson. Yeah, I didn't really. Yeah, that was really, and it just yeah, because you can't lay down because you're coughing. You know, you can't. Yeah. Yeah, that is it does kind of stink. But you know what? I have to say this. It was glorious. Yeah. Yeah, I was so it was so nice to because two weeks ago I was just commiserating and complaining probably. I think you talked about it here when you were reading the rest. All I need is a break. I was like, all I need is a break. And this brings this is a good nugget here, is that if you don't intentionally rest, what happens is you crash into rest. Yep. And so what happened is I didn't rest and then we all got sick and it was like ten days of forced rest and it was like I couldn't even be productive if I wanted to. And so yesterday Steve was like, What did you do? And I was like, I have no idea. Get off my back, Steve. I didn't do anything. I have no idea what I did. I downloaded a video game on my iPad for like the first time in 10 years. Oh. And and that was what I did. Yeah. I didn't and do that the whole time. But you didn't, you, And you didn't list the name of the game here on the podcast. You want me to list you're it? embarrassed. I'm not embarrassed. Diablo. Diablo. Sounds like, sounds like devil to me. But in my defense, you killed the I devil? played a crusader. For Jesus. Nice. And I just beat the crap out of demons. Wow. That's good to know. Well, yeah, well he's back, ladies and back. gentlemen. No more video games for Billy. Nope. Nope. Back back in the saddle. So, well, we're good to have you back. We're glad to have you back. Thanks, and, David. You know, but that is a really good point. You know, we talk about that, the pendulum that swings. You go to abide, you go to work. You go to abide, you go to work. And that's how Jesus did it. You know, he spent time in, in prayer Away, and then you go to the crowds. Put in prayer. And it happens if you don't crowd. rest, David. You, you swing around working, and you go. Working, <laughs> Crash. And maybe that's what COVID was. It was a it was a, a time of. It was an answer to prayer. I yeah. really, And I, I know that, that sounds funny, but I really mean that because I had just been saying to Gina like a few days before we got sick that I need a break and there's no end in sight because it's the middle of the summer and then the school year and it was like maybe i'll go on vacation in november that kind of idea all right so uh this week uh dr palmer was he actually uh, you know that is kind of uh you know a nice uh sovereignty of god uh Bretton had already oh yeah planned to step in and i was going away for the weekend on a family uh, little trip so we had already planned for for Bretton the to uh, you know, he was really excited to run the to run the show. Was he? Yeah, yeah. He sent me a gif of him like being in charge, and yeah. So he liked like that. The smug bed bug again. Yep, yep. <laughs> so, but no. So Bretton preached um, Psalm fifty one. I uh, was able to re listen to uh, re listen to the sermon, and you know, it, you know, I don't know. I mean, I assume everybody knows this, but we should plug it that if you ever miss the sermons or you want to re listen to them, they're all. On our website, listed revolvechurchnj.com slash sermons. You can also um, subscribe to the um, podcast on Apple Podcast um, or Android Podcast or whatever. So you can do both those. You can listen to it on the website or with the podcast. Yeah, yeah. So Psalm 51 talking about repentance. And, you know, I think my big takeaway was this need for realizing God's mercy. I feel like I've gotten too comfortable with God's grace, you know, which is good. We, we have that grace and that love, mm-hmm. but really reflecting on God's holiness and really like lamenting my sin and, and reflecting upon, you know, uh, there was a line that he used. Um, I wrote it down. I don't know if I have it here in my notes. The more bitter we see sin, the more beauty we see in Christ. Hmm. And really just, you know, kind of 
mourning my sin and kind of reflecting on how great God is and how great the cross is and how great the gospel is. Yeah, it's in interesting. In light of my sin. So I, that was kind of my big takeaway. No, it's interesting you say that because I feel like if what, like I agree with what you said, that we focus our default as Protestants in America is to focus more on God's grace than God's mercy, which are two sides of the same coin. But when you reflect on God's grace, like just if you just think about it right now, like, man, God has been so gracious. And then you just start thinking and that immediately brings you to, wow, God is so good. God is so loving. God is so kind. But when you reflect on God's mercy, God not giving you what you deserve, it, it doesn't bring you that direction. It primarily brings you to, wow, God is so holy and it humbles you. And so it's, you realize that reflecting on God's grace leads you to worship God for different characteristics. Whereas when you reflect on his mercy, it leads you to reflect on different characteristics. And so I think that's actually a really great observation because I think probably for most of us, we appreciate the grace of God and we think about how much he loves us and how much he's done for us. But we don't think too much about the fact that like the executioner's ax should have fallen. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So how do we apply that? in in on on the ground how do we reply reply my goodness maybe i need good to take a, night maybe i need good to, night i'm gonna take a day off I actually just got back from vacation hershey <laughs> hershey hershey's a pretty cool place i like that place yeah but uh it smells like chocolate everywhere you know it's kind of true i know oh you been there oh yeah oh, okay. been to hershey lots of times I invented Hershey. Did you? Maybe did Milton Hershey did? <laughs> oh crap! I kept threatening my kids. I was going to send them to Hershey School. Oh yeah, school for gifted. Yeah, gifted idiots. <laughs> gifted <laughs> troublemakers. Gifted troublemakers. <laughs> um, so how do we apply Psalm fifty-one on the ground? What does it look like with with teeth? Well, you know, I don't know what it looks like with teeth, but with I know that on. I know with that shoes uh, on <laughs> Psalm 51, put some shoes some shoe on leather. it. It's on the ground. I know that, uh, at the end of Psalm 51, it talks about, um, you know, investigating my heart, right? I, now I'm like, I also had a brain fart to, to think of the exact line here, but investigating my heart to see if there's any grievous way in me. Mm-hmm. What'd you create in me? Up your heart. Oh, man, I, I, I just, I lost it, Dave. I had a brain fart. No, we need to investigate our heart. Take That's time, Psalm 137. Take time to investigate your heart, you know? Uh, and I did that this morning in my own quiet time, just really journaling. Lord, where where are the, the he says, he says, show me, you know, any wicked way in me. Yeah. Um, any rebellion I remember was one of the words I looked at in the NLT was he says, you know, reveal to me any rebellion. And, uh, and I took time and journaled just asking God to seek my heart. And, uh, and, and some things came to the surface. I realized I was really un, ungrateful. Yeah. And that wasn't something that I had thought about until I spent time in prayer. And, uh, so yeah, so I would encourage you to spend time in prayer and ask God to, to reveal to you things that, you may not be aware of and sinful, sinful things. And it's not for the sake of making you feel like a turd, you know, it's, it's so it's, you can bring it to the Lord. Yeah. And, uh, you know, so I wasn't like, Oh, I didn't know I was such an idiot being ungrateful. Cause I you was knew like, that. I was like, wow, thank you Lord for showing that to me. And I could give that to you and I could, you know, really kind of address those areas of my life. So mm-hmm. we challenge you to do that as well. That's good. What about looking in? Well, I think that the same kind of idea applies to our relationships with one another. You know, I think that sometimes we have we have to like ask God, like, "Hey, Lord, please show me my blind spot." But we tend to see them in other people um, because we're just better at that. Oh, it's easy. It's easy to see other people's flaws. Yeah, you know, we we have a good plank eye, and so I think that you know, when you have a good bro, you know, to be able to say, "Hey, man." Like, how are you struggling with that? Or how are you doing with that? Or how can I pray for you in regards to that difficult thing? Um, I think that we can we need to call those things out in our friends and also invite our friends actively to speak into our lives. Ooh. 
Did you hear that? I did a woo-woo. That's a tough one. The whistles go woo-woo. To ask someone, Billy, are there any blind spots oh, in man. my life? You want alphabetical? <sighs> I've done it. I've done it before. We've done this. Billy and I, you know, we are, uh, you know, accountable to one another and we want to disciple one another and we've we've done the blind spots question before and uh oh, and it was helpful it is helpful. i remember the one that stands out to me is when you were you kind of called me on discipling my wife and if you wouldn't have done that i wouldn't be discipling my wife as well now mm-hmm. so it was a really it was a blessing but for that first like 20 seconds it stings a little bit you're like why don't you get up off my back <laughs> billy <laughs> Yep, it's true. Yep. And David does the same thing to me, by the way, because I don't know if you guys know this, but I'm not, I don't have it all figured out. And so David will be like, you know, the other day you did this and you just, I will think I'll tell you one story. Um, David and I were in here having a heart to heart. And then like all of a sudden I was like, well, I'm leaving and I'm not working the rest of the week. And I just walked out and David was like, um, <laughs> normally you tell your friends, like if you're struggling with something or if you're having a hard time or if like you're taking off for a few days and you just don't tell them. And so David called me out on the fact that sometimes I just, you're not a isolate, good communicator, which is funny because I communicate for a living. Yeah. But it's true. Well, we can't all be perfect. Well, it'd be a lot easier if everybody could just read my mind. That would be easier. Maybe, well, that, maybe, be, that, would be maybe that wouldn't be a better idea. All right. So then looking, looking out, what do we, how do we, Psalm 51, we just point out everybody's sins and then point them to Jesus. Be like, look, sinner, go to Jesus. Yeah, go to Jesus. I think that it's important that people realize the difference between worldly sorrow and godly sorrow. And godly sorrow is against you and you only have I sinned. Worldly sorrow is I'm really sorry for killing Uriah. Hmm. Because now everybody's looking at me and they're like, you're not a good king. That's worldly sorrow. Godly sorrow is I I killed Uriah and that was a sin against God. And so I think that when people experience godly sorrow, we need to point them to Jesus. Like you said. Well, thank you, Billy. That was good. Thank you, David. We're going to take a quick break. And while we're taking this break, I want you to think of something. I want you to think of when David met Uriah in heaven. What did they talk about? You know, what did they talk about? Uriah got something to share with you. Bathsheba just comes up. Hey, hey guys. Hey. Awkward. You know, it says no more sorrow or sickness in heaven. Does it say awkward conversations? I don't know. I don't think so. Every conversation for me is awkward. (laughs) All right. We'll be right back. (coughs) All right. Do you want me to read this whole question to you? Yeah. Okay. All right, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, grandmas and grandpas, we are back. And we have a Q&A that we've actually been sitting on for a couple weeks because Hannah, our good friend Hannah, you know Hannah, she's one of our, our kind of greeters and, you know, she's uh, in the book clubs and, you know, you see Hannah around and, and we call her the Hannager. Yeah. Because she has this managerial gifting. Yeah. And it just had a banana. Yeah. So, but she asked us this question uh, a couple weeks ago, but it, it, it kind of just, we never were able to get to it and I thought it was a good question. So we're going to, we're going to hit it. You ready? I'm ready. All right. You've had like three weeks. Hope you got a good answer. We'll, we'll see what happens. She says, how do you think general revelation applies to people because we were talking about general revelation in um three weeks ago in um psalms 19 yep how do you think general revelation applies to people who are blind deaf or have other special needs or medical issues medical issues that would not allow them to see or normally interact and normally she put quotes interact with the world around them since birth i trust god in this but I definitely was thinking about it when thinking about the commands to look at creation. What if they cannot look at creation? I was thinking maybe all five senses could be a part of general revelation. Those who can't see can still feel. 
then they're aware of their own bodies, which is a part of creation. So maybe that's a part of the general revelation. Again, I trust God in this because he's the creator of all life, but I could see this as being a question slash argument from a person trying to argue against general revelation. So what is a good way to explain to everyone, even those with physical uh, impairments, about general revelation? So I think that Hannah answered the question. question. Yeah, and I think she answered it. I think the idea is that we, when we say, hey, look out on creation, um, we use that as a very broad brushstroke of what we mean. But what we really mean is reflect upon creation and the way the world is, and you can experience and know certain things about God. And so even if you're, even if you happen to, you know, be blind, you can still experience things and you can still reflect upon those things. Right. And so the, let's use music as example. Um, if you can experience music, I mean, even with the, the, you know, people who are deaf, you know, my, my sister-in-law was a deaf major, Gina was a deaf minor. And, um, you know, when we would go to the, the school for, for deaf that was near our university. And we went there a couple of times to do different events for this, that, and the other thing. And for like the deaf kids, what they would do is they would do like these presentations and these school programs, and they would have like a really big drum and they would basically hit it and the kids could still feel the vibration of it. Um, or they would play music and the kids could still feel the, like the subwoofer, so to say. And so it's like, even in those situations, they can experience something and you can think about this God who created this, you know, or this God who created this sensation or this, uh, varying senses. And so I think that there's a, there is a sense in which it's all of the senses. When we talk about seeing general revelation, we use it generally to refer to the experience of those things. And then realizing that even if you're super limited in terms of like you're blind and you're deaf and you're mute, like you still have a mind that can process and you still have a mind that can think and that can, um, you know, can ponder and those sorts of ideas. And all of those things are aspects of general revelation as well. Why am I different than a dog? You know, the, my ability to think, my ability to create culture. And so I think these are, these are all general things that we can experience. And in terms of someone who has like a mental impairment, I think to go back to what Hannah said is just, is just the best course of action that we trust God on this, that God is a good God. He's a gracious God. He's a merciful God that he's going to do the right thing. And so we trust, we need faith like a child, right? We don't need faith like a PhD. We need faith like a child. And so, um, you know, uh, one person that I talked to uh, a couple weeks ago, put it this way, that a child has faith in Santa Claus. And so what do they do? They write him a letter. They put cookies out. They put cookies out. That's right. Because they have faith in Santa Claus, they write him a letter, they put cookies out. And so you don't need to have an excessive amount of intellect or ability to have faith in God. Um, But you need to put your faith in the right place. And so I think the uh, long story short, what Hannah came to the appropriate conclusion, which is that, you know, you can experience God in more ways than just sight. Um, And for most of us, we experience it differently. Like I've heard Caleb talk multiple times about the beauty of music, you know, that resonates with him, no pun intended, you know, differently than somebody who doesn't care about music. Yeah. And so according to our unique gifting and our unique wiring, we're going to experience general revelation in different ways, which goes back to what we talked about three weeks ago, where one person might stand in the Rocky mountains and be in awe of who God is. Another person might look out over the wheat fields of the Midwest. Another person might look out over the ocean, you know, and it depends on how God's made you and wired you. Yeah. Well, that was a great answer, Billy. Thank you. Well, I mean, I just basically repeated what Hannah said. Oh, well, good, good answer, Hannah. Proud of you. So, uh, one more question. We got time for one more. Yeah. Yeah. Let's do it. So last week was seed week. You got a chance to listen to the uh, the responses from those who came to went to Seed Week, and you listened to Honda Civic Eric. Yep, I did. Old reliable Eric. Yeah. Share his response. What is your What is your takeaway? What are your, What are you thinking about Seed Week and Yeah? So I and how I, that applies to us here at Revolve. 
my comment about Seed Week is actually a comment gen- more generally about short-term mission trips. Okay. Let's hear and, it. And um, I've done a lot of short-term mission trips, led a lot of short-term mission trips, done a lot of short-term trips with David. And this is what I have observed. I'm curious, David, if you agree with me. People are especially moved during trips. Hmm. And I think this is why. When you are on a trip, you have nothing to distract you. You're totally focused and you're singularly focused, if you have a good team leader, on abiding and then basically being available for the spirit. I I agree with that 100%. And this is the trippy part, guys. There is no reason why you shouldn't experience that every day. I also agree with that statement. So I think that many times we're like, man, this trip is amazing. And maybe it was especially amazing because you, in your current life, you don't have the bandwidth carved out for adequate personal and corporate abiding. Yep. But if you are like when, and I don't mean this, I'm not saying this in like a, you know, puff myself up kind of way. But like when we go overseas, it's not like a drastic shift for me because already I'm in a habit of getting up and spending time in the word and journaling and prayer. And then I pray with Gina. If I go and travel with David, I'm getting up, I'm spending time in the word in prayer, and then I'm praying with David. Mm -hmm. And so it's the same kind of idea. Um, And I think that don't feel if you go on a trip and I'm not saying the team did this, but if you go on a trip and you're like, that was an awesome experience. It was just what I needed to get my, you know, self a little motivation. Um, you're missing the point. The point is that the intentional carved out time for abiding is powerful and it's the single best thing you can do each day. And if you're married, you already have built in people into your home who you can be praying and abiding with. Another reason why you need to make sure single people that you're saving your marriage for people who are on the same page spiritually. Yeah. Yep. That's a good, good takeaway, Billy. Abiding, abiding and living on mission are intertwined. Yeah. They're living They're If you are trying, if you are trying to have the boldness that one would have in Southeast Asia or New York city, to share the gospel that we have and we experience without an hour of time spent in prayer in the morning, you're it's not going to happen. You're just a Pharisee. You're just working out of your own, your own, yeah. Oh man. Ministry sweat. No Wi-Fi, no phones, that, that kind of stuff. Just removing those distractions are so helpful to abiding. It's, yeah. it's amazing how much our phones and the ability to to check out um, affect our, our our time of abiding because you figure if you're waiting in line at the post office or the bank, you get your phone out and play on it. Yep. You know, but when you're Just get over, out, play Diablo. You know, when we were in Greece, you would go to the post office. You'd be there for an hour, mm-hmm. and as a missionary, being in Greece, my time was spent praying for all the people there. Yeah. You know. Because that was like, that's what I'm there to do. So it's like this time of abiding when in the United States, when I'm not on mission, quote unquote, I'm just going to check out. Yeah. You know, I think that um, my uh, little action step for everybody would be, you know, get in the habit of when you wake up, your alarm goes off, turn off your alarm, leave your phone. Ooh. Don't even touch your phone again until you're done with your quiet time. Because what you'll realize is your default is to pick up your, your alarm goes off, you pick up your phone, you open your email, and immediately your brain went from here I am, Lord, to now I'm distracted with many things. Yep. And so don't even pick your phone up until you're done getting your heart in a place of abiding. Ray Comfort says, don't eat your breakfast till you eat your daily bread. Oh, man. Except he says with a, with a New Zealand accent. Yeah, yeah. So, all right. So that was great. What do we got coming up this Sunday before we take a little break? Well, guys, Bretton threw down the gauntlet. He challenged a couple you. weeks ago. We made a comment on the podcast. We're like, hey, if there's like some obscure psalm you want me to pray through, and Bretton was like, yeah. And then he said, pray through. He said, preach through Psalm one thirty seven. 
And you know what? I'm going to do it because right. he challenged me to it. I kind of feel like you preached through Leviticus for nine months. Preached through Psalm 137. Should be. Not, yeah. I mean, there's a line in there about throwing your throwing the children of your enemies against the rocks. Oh, like good that, luck with that, Billy. And I, it's, you know what? It's an uplifting psalm. We're going to do it. All right. We're going to take a quick break and we're going to come back and we're going to find out what... What, what is up what with Revolve? Is up? What is up with what Revolve? Is up with Revolve? All right, ladies and gentlemen. Boys. <laughs> I just thought I got totally distracted by this thing that I saw yesterday. Um, Jason Tozer shared it with me. Um, did you see the kid that... Did you see this in the news? The kid that was dressed up like Chucky and he was like walking around. No, no. Oh my goodness. But what made me think of it is we went down this really dark road in Hershey after, after we went to this, um, the dude perfect event and Emerson was getting like really freaked out. Cause it was like this really the dark dude with the Chucky, Chucky dude. Well, because of this, we were on this like really dark winding road in the, you know, in Pennsylvania. And I wanted to like mess with them and just be like, Jason, let's pretend like the car broke down. Yeah. So I have no idea why that made me think my mind went to this story. What's up but with a revolve went to some dude dressed up as Chucky in Pennsylvania. This is this is this is my mind at work, Billy. Yeah, something. All right. So what is up with Revolve? Okay. LCMR, my What's alma up? mater. Glory to our high school down by the blue Atlantic shore. I'll sing that every week. Is that week. idolatry? Glory to our high school? That is true. I will Man. never sing that song wow. again. Wow. I will never sinner. Sing that song again. Create in me a clean heart, oh God. Yes. Search any rebellious way in my heart, singing okay. to my alma mater. LCMR, Lower Cape May Regional High School Update. So we need to nail down details in the next week or two. We wanted to do this last week, but then I got the vid. Um, but it looks like 100% we will be transitioning to Lower Cape May Regional Auditorium um, and some classrooms. So we, not all the details are finalized. There's some questions up in the air. A biggest question will be, when will we start? Like, is it going to be beginning of September, mid-September? Like, will we have access to like the light board? Like, we can have fog like, fancy, machine, fancy light show, drum sets, all like, those things, the costumes. Oh, there will be probably a costume closet. We can come out and you were like, dress up like Joseph. Yeah. Go, 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 Joseph. Do, 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 do. Yes. Do, do, do. Oh, yeah. man. A Sunday sermon is going to go to another level. Oh, man. Can't wait. Probably have a curtain call. There'll probably be like encore. Um, encore. Encores. will be like, encore. Oh, one more song. One more song. Oh, I was thinking one more sermon. Like, one, one more, more sermon. sermon. <laughs> <laughs> so it looks like it's going to happen. Um, we need to figure out when we're going to start. We don't know yet. Um, cause we don't know like how long it'll take to get all the details knocked out. Also, but we're um, kind of shooting for like the fall. Yeah. It's going to be like sometime between September and October is my guess. Yeah. Okay. Um, also, I mean, we're going to honestly need to beef up our serve teams because, um, we're going to, it's going to, you know, we've been kind of lazy the mm -hmm. last two years mm -hmm. being at two mile, which has been awesome, but it's been super chillax. Mm -hmm. And so we used to have like a hundred serve staff. When yeah. we were in the strip mall. Yep. And so now we're going to Lower Cape May Regional. We're going to need to do some big serve staff recruiting. And so yep. be on the lookout, guys. And I, I mean that in, in serio, okay? I mean serious. In That's right. And so, and so we are going to need some help because I can't preach and teach tweens. You know, mm -hmm. and so, and, and also we're going to need to figure out what supplies we need to purchase. Like, are we going to need to get another trailer? If you have a trailer, if you're listening to this podcast and you're Ooh. like, you know what? Like we have a trailer that my husband used to keep his motorcycle in. And the truth is he hasn't ridden that motorcycle in 15 years. Yeah. Let us know because, um, you know, maybe the church could buy it from you or maybe you could donate it and we can give you a tax receipt or whatever it might be. But I think we're going to have to buy another trailer. Um, and so, you know, these are all big, big, big decisions to make. Yeah. I think the surf staff one is really going to be one that's really going to be ramped up. And I think cause that's going to be a little bit more setup intensive and, um, but you know, this is a good thing. I, I, my, f one of my favorite parts of revolve was how many people were involved in serving because when you're serving alongside with someone, 
you definitely feel more a part of the church. Yeah. And if someone comes to us as elders and go, I feel disconnected from the church, we say, are you on a service team? Yeah. Are you, you in know? a group? You go to book clubs. Yeah. Yeah. You so know, if you, you feel disconnected from Revolve and you're not on a serve staff team, we got to... That's a step. That's the first step. It's a step. So the, there's lots of ways to get connected. Speaking of ways to get dis, uh, to get disconnected, speaking of ways to get connected, I want to highlight two right now. One is book clubs. Um, and book clubs are, if you think of it like this, book clubs, if visiting on Sunday morning is like the most basic thing you could do, mm-hmm. the next step would be like going to a book club. Even, even easier than joining serve staff, going to a book club would help you commit to like five weeks of just getting to know some people. And so um, we are taking off from book clubs for the month of August. And then we're going to gear up hoping to release like the whole calendar year at once. Um, We're trying to be a little more professional, David, you know, I mean, that's a a well-oiled machine here at Revolve. We're trying. And um, so there's book clubs and they also this, um, we have these things called discipleship groups, which I feel like a lot of them have fizzled out over the last two years. I want to remind you guys as the time of the year when you should be thinking about starting a discipleship group, joining a discipleship group. So how do how do I start a discipleship group? Well, if listen, if you're scared about that and you're like, I can't lead a discipleship group, I want to remind you about what Godfather Steve talked about a few weeks ago with his breakfast club and how they just get together. They talk about, hey, what are you reading in the Bible this week? What's going on in your life? How can we? And then they encourage each other. It's very informal and they just hang out. And that is a discipleship group, right? And so you might just, like, maybe there's three families whose kids all enjoy each other, and you're like, you know what? We're going to have pasta every Thursday night, and that's just going to be our thing. We're going to have pasta and garlic bread, and we're going to talk about what we're reading in our Bibles and how we're obeying it, and we're going to pray for the people who we're trying to share our faith with. That sounds awesome. You know what I mean? And I kind of... I kind of want to be in a DG like that, dude. I kind of want to be in a DG that just does pasta. You want to be in my pasta DG? Pasta and garlic bread? I thought I always wanted to start a peanut butter and jelly DG. Yeah. Where it's like, because people are always like, well, it's, you know, it's a lot of work. I'm coming from, coming right from work. And it's like, dude, we have peanut butter and jellies every Thursday. Peanut butter and jelly and the word of God. What more do you need? Nothing. A loaf and two fishes. It's peanut butter and jelly, the word of God, and a bottle of wine. That's it. And a DJ. Something for the kids. <laughs> Something for the grown-ups. <laughs> oh, man. But no, it really is that simple. It it really is that simple. Just coming together and talking about God and what God's doing in your life. And, you know, and, and it goes deeper than that. If if someone's sick, you're going to help one another. But that's, that's what we do. But that's, that's the all, church. That's all natural overflow. Yes. Like if you're in a group with two other families for your pasta group and you guys are all just hang out every Thursday. You guys, you know, maybe you do a little devotional together. You pray together, you hang out, you maybe you play Uno with the kids and then the kids go and play while you guys catch up. Mm -hmm. Like if someone gets sick in that group, you're going to want to care for them and no one's going to have to be like, Hey David, can you please bring Billy a sandwich? Because he's sick. David's going to be like, Billy, I heard you're sick. Here's a sandwich. I feel like every time we as the elders find out that there's somebody sick or there's a, a baby being born or something and we contact the DG. They already did it. They've already done it. We're like, hey, did someone set up a meal train? And they're like, yeah, we did it like three days ago. Where yeah. you been? Where's the applause button in there? Um, it's probably this one. Good job, DG leaders. Good, Good job, job, DGs. DG leaders. You guys are great. Standing ovation. Wow. Encore. <laughs> All right, so we're gonna we're gonna move into our last segment, and this is special. We, oh, let we, me just say one more thing, dude. Oh my goodness! So he shows up if you want. after two weeks <laughs> off, and he's like, oh, "I'm in charge." <laughs> if you want to figure, if you want to gather with two groups of friends or whatever it might be, um, and you don't know where to begin, just let us know, David or I, and we'd be happy to equip you with some of the basics because it's not as hard as you think it yep. might be. It's bread, peanut butter, jelly. Open up the Word of God. There you go. Bingo, bango. You forgot the third ingredient. Wine? (laughs) My goodness. I'm joking. He is joking. Um, Unless you're celebrating communion. That's true. All right. So we're going to take a quick break, and we are going to... We have a big... This is big. A special guest. We have a special guest from another 
country. Wow. Stick around, folks. Hologram. <laughs> Hologram. All right. Welcome back. We are looking out. We're going to see what's going on in the world. Um, we're going to be talking to one of our missionary partners. And one of the goals that we have as the elders is we want to have missionary partners. We don't want our missionaries whom, who we support financially to just be people who's, you know, we have a picture of a postcard on our refrigerator and we, you know, we write them a check once a year or something like that. We want to be partnered with our missionaries, right? We want right. to, we want to know what's going on with them personally. Um, so we can be praying for them. Uh, Bill does a lot of training with our missionary partners. And um, so, yeah, so we want to keep you, our church, informed on one of our newest missionary partners, uh, Michael. Yeah. So, um, yeah, David, that's really great. Um, Michael, by the way, we met Michael how many years ago, David? Three years ago. Three years ago. Almost to the week we met Michael three years ago. Oh, yeah. We were in Thessaloniki. And we were at this outreach uh, run by Hellenic Ministries, if I remember correctly. Mm -hmm. yep. And it was like a place where the refugees could come. Take now, a they were no longer in the refugee camps. They mm -hmm. were like refugees who were being uh, kind of like acclimating to society. They'd come. They could have their laundry done. Mm -hmm. Some they, of them were homeless, though. Yeah, they were homeless. Mm -hmm. They like had paperwork, but they mm -hmm. weren't at Moria. Mm-hmm. Um, they could have their laundry done. They could take a shower. They would get a meal mm -hmm. and then they would watch this video called Al Masira, which is like a, a Muslim outreach video basically. Yeah. And so they did that. And then I, they invited, I don't remember what I shared about, but they invited me to speak for like 15 minutes or mm -hmm. something like that. Yep. And one guy was translating into Arabic and one guy was translating into Kurdish. And this guy, Michael was our Arabic translator. And that was where we first met Michael. And we just kind of like got his WhatsApp contact and we just maintained a friendship for the last few years. And so Michael is going to be joining us today. Um, and, uh, so Michael, why don't you start by telling us a little bit about yourself and about your family? Hello, Revival Church. Uh, I am happy to speak with you today, and it's my first update. Uh, first, I want to introduce myself. Uh, my name is Michael, and my wife, Sarah, and we are family with two children. Uh, the oldest one, Karim. Karim, seven years old, and the youngest child, Alex. Alex, two years and uh, 10 months. We are originally Egyptian family and God called us to move to Europe to serve among immigrant and refugees people. For more than 15 years, God, God worked in our hearts and prepared us uh, for his mission. Uh, it was in our hearts from long years, this call to be a missionaries, but we didn't know when and where and which nation we would work among. But God prepared us among all this year uh, through study, through work experience, to build a prayer team. And the uh, last three years we've been in Europe, serve among refugees uh, and immigrant people, especially uh, Muslim people, Muslim background. We grow up inside Islamic country, so from, uh, we speak about Egypt, and uh, all our life we learn and uh, uh, all the uh, Islamic culture and we grow up in this environment. And now God using this experience to reaching the Muslim uh, to him. All right. And now, Michael, where are you currently serving? We know that you're in Germany, but where are you currently serving? Yeah. Uh, now we are in Leipzig in East Germany. God put in our hearts to plant uh, a cross-culture church. Uh, we start from our small apartment. We inviting people. And now we are more than 18 person coming in our tiny apartment, sitting in the desk, in the ground, and everywhere from different nations coming together and they worship God and they listen for the Bible together. And it's a growing bit by bit and some people accept it as their own only church. And uh, we feel blessed many times. We, we serve from different uh, levels, like we are working in our home church and also we are part for German church because we believe in integration together to build the one kingdom of God. 
and also we do many outreaches in all Germany, not just in our area. And sometimes we go to support local teams because they don't find any Arabic speaker or someone uh, speak the same language. Can you tell us a little bit about some of the outreaches that you've done in the city? Uh, just a fresh update in this month, we did the outreach in the city. In the downtown, we put a table and we put uh, Bibles in different languages, Arabic and German, Ukrainian. We serve everyone who walk by in the street. But also we try to have a creative way, like we put another table beside and we put a puzzle. And everyone cross by, he can play the puzzle, put some pieces and and continue his way. And we put in uh, like a sign, one big question. Do you believe you have a call in your life? Do you believe, do you have a purpose in your life? And we let the people answer this question when they are playing. We listen for, for very interesting answers. And uh, in the second and the third day, we, we found uh, Islamic outreach. People putting a Muslim tent and they put in a Quran and they give it for people. And we speak with them. Are there any interactions with people that stand out to you from these outreaches? And I remember one person, I speak with him about God and why he moved uh, to be a Muslim. He before Christian, young German uh, man, and he became a Muslim person. And he speak with me about uh, his testimony, why he became a Muslim. And this person, he told me I was lonely, looking for God, looking for anyone to listen to me. He went inside the church. He found the church full of people. They are worshiping God, but he didn't find anyone to come, welcome him, speak with him, sharing with him his feeling. And he ran outside and he shared this expression. He say, I felt like a baby inside fridge, baby inside freezer. I felt emotionally lonely, broken. No one can take care of me. He ran out in the street. And when he walked in the street, he found people speak different languages. They was Arabic people. And he tried to speak with them. They are welcoming him, offer food, invite him to the mosque. Inside the mosque, everyone come, welcome him, hug him. And he emotionally fell in love with Islamic culture. It's just Arabic culture. It's not God or religion. But because he, he is there, he became a Muslim. And he accept wife, Muslim wife, and he built all his life about this decision. And I spoke with him about it's just emotion. It's just a culture. It's not relation with God. And I asked him one question. What Islamic name you choose when you became a Muslim? And he told me amazing, amazing answer. He told me he, he didn't choose Muhammad or Ahmad or Abraham. He didn't choose any famous Islamic name. When they ask him about the name of Prophet he want to give to himself, he chose Isa. Isa, it's a mean Jesus. In the end, he chose Jesus again. Maybe it's a part of his heart. It's, it doesn't change. And after he told me this, I felt like a lightning, like there is still a chance to speak with him again. And I told him, can we speak? And I speak with him. And after our discussion, I asked him to pray together for God to show him the way. And I pray for him. And this is the situation here in East Germany. The most, the highest population of ACS people, the church try to survive, but there is big potential of people looking for God. The many people hunger to listen for the word of God here. Please keep praying for those people and for outreach here in Leipzig in East Germany. And I'm very glad for your help, encouraging support. And we really continue in our mission because your church behind us, encourage us, support us uh, for Bill, for his weekly meeting with me. He is always coaching, encouraging, and it's a very big support to our ministry. Thank you so much. Please keep us in your prayer. And I am watching all your YouTube uh, posts and the videos, and I am really glad and I feel connected to your church. God bless you. Greeting for my wife, Sarah, and my two little kids and keep prayer. Cheers. Bye-bye. Well, I tell you what, we're very thankful for Michael and Sarah and their family, and we hope that you guys enjoyed that update.
and we look forward to sharing more in the future with our other partners or from our other partners. And Michael said he's going to share with us uh, once a month. He'll send us a little video update so that we can be in the loop. And so thank you, Michael. And uh, yeah, appreciate you guys. You know, maybe one day we'll um, we'll go over to Germany and we could do like a podcast with Michael. A live podcast from the Berlin Wall. Whoa. That live, will, live that, from the wall. That probably won't happen because... Because <laughs> we'll get arrested. No, because, I mean, we went to Egypt and did a training in Egypt it, and never saw the pyramids. Live from the pyramids. So we, Billy and I, even when we go to different countries, we like miss out yeah, it's, on the tourist stuff. Yeah. It's not why I'm there. It's dead to me. Yeah. Gina was so mad when I didn't go to the pyramids. Oh, I know. I know. We came home like two days early. Because everybody there had the had COVID before it was COVID. Remember, yeah. we were like, I think everybody's got MERS, Middle East Respiratory Syndrome. Yeah. And then COVID came out like a week oh, later. Oh, yeah. Ray was so sick. Yeah, he and was, that was so like, sick. And that was, oh my goodness, that was a weird, that's a weird time pre-COVID. Mm-hmm. I don't even remember it. I Well, I, I do. I remember it. We were on that boat. And I remember you being like, there's some weird disease in China. It's crazy. And Ray is really sick. And he was just near China. Yeah. Anyway. All right. Well, thank you, Michael. We hope you, our friends in Revolve, enjoyed that. So let's end it. We're we're bringing the plane in. We're landing it. We're putting the landing gear down. I forgot my revolver again. We're putting the landing gear down. We're landing the plane. Rapid fire. What are we doing? What can you do this week? Up. First of all, Psalm read, thir- read Psalm 137. Second of all, don't pick your phone up every morning until you have a quiet time. Mm, good one. And David. Ask your friend. I need to know about my blind spots. Man, wow. Out. Pray about joining the next seed trip to New York City and pray that we can line up a seed trip to Germany. Boom. Thank you very much. Hope you guys enjoyed this podcast. Remember the Titans. (laughs) Remember the Titans. (laughs) See you guys on Sunday.